Welcome back to our final reading of the afterword of the Judas epidemic exposing the betrayal of the Christian faith in church and government. I truly hope that you've enjoyed the reading of the book. I truly pray that uh, you have gleaned some helpful information from it. Um, there is so much that we need to discern in these last days. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, hope you found this a blessing uh, as much as I have in writing it and reading it to you. Um, it, it's been a great joy for me, and I, I thank you for listening in to each and every episode if you have. Uh, thank you so much, and God bless you. Uh, now, I would like to read the afterword, and uh, just a uh, a heads up, I solicited my dad to uh, to write this afterward, and he, I think he did a wonderful job. Your your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, uh, is a contributor to this book. Uh, he was really excited to do it, and he did a wonderful job of it. And without further delay, this is the afterword to the Judas epidemic. First of all, a note from the author. I solicited my father to write this afterward because of the tremendous amount of respect and admiration that I have for his dedication to rightly dividing the word of truth as a pastor of over 25 years experience. He has always had a burning for winning lost souls, a burden for winning lost souls to Christ and a deep sense of responsibility concerning the dis dissemination of biblically correct doctrine, which has been what this book is all about. I could think of no better way to finish this book than to ask my dad for his thoughts and for his unique talent of Christian encouragement, which he has always given me and now lends to you. Dear reader, please read the following with your Bible open. Congratulations for reading thus far. It is the author's twofold desire that the believer, on the one hand, might be educated and edified concerning the evil conspiracy of false prophets led by their God, who would seek to infiltrate, imitate, and intimidate the body of Christ. On the other hand, that the believer would be horrified by the growing conspiracy that intends to destroy the works of God, discourage and deceive true believers, dismantle the fundamentals of the faith, and dismember and decimate the church of Jesus Christ. As you have read, you may have said to yourself that the author's language has sometimes seemed harsh and unloving. The first is probably true, but the second is certainly not. I have known the author for over 50 years as his father, friend, and mentor, and I certainly know his heart. Many of you may have a bumper sticker, a refrigerator magnet, or a coffee cup with the letters WWJD imprinted on it. What would Jesus do? Dear reader, Jesus would do what the scriptures reported that he did. He would make a whip and drive the money changers out of the place of worship, 
pouring out the money and overturning their tables in John chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. Does this seem harsh to you? He would publicly pronounce a series of woes and, and proclaim the hypocrisy of those who were misusing the word of God and misguiding the people in Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 23. Does this seem harsh? He would rail against those who would accuse him of being born of fornication and would not hear his word. He would call them children of the devil in John chapter 8, verses 41 through 44. On at least three occasions, he would call the religious leaders a generation of vipers in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, Matthew 12, 34, and Matthew 23, 33. Uh, do these things seem harsh too? Our Lord Jesus Christ was blowing a trumpet of warning, a loud, sharp, and certain or sure warning. It is at this point that I feel compelled to say a few words about the trumpet. In the book of Numbers, chapter 10, Moses was instructed to have two trumpets of silver made. They were to be used to call the congregation together in verse 4 to blow an alarm, verse 5, to call the nation to war, verse 9, and to serve as a memorial to God with burnt offerings and sacrifices, verse 10. Centuries later, the Apostle Paul would refer to the trumpet in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, saying, quote, For if the trumpet make an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Unquote. It appears to me and it is our desire that it appear also to you, dear reader, that the author has sounded the trumpet in a loud and unmistakable manner to assemble together, be warned, and to prepare for battle. But how shall we, the saved, Romans 10.13, the redeemed, Ephesians 1.7, the born again, John 3, 5, and 6, the new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, created unto good works, Ephesians 2.10, prepare ourselves to the battle. First, we must study the scriptures, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The very scriptures that are providentially given, 2 Timothy 3.16. Profitable, 2 Timothy 3.16. Pure, preserved and permanent, Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. Perfect or complete, Proverbs 30, uh, verses 5 and 6. Perpetual, Psalm 119, 89. Powerful, Hebrews 4, 12. Productive as to faith, Romans 10, 17. Precious, 1 Samuel 3, 1. And furthermore, as to the word of God, we are to desire it, 1 Peter 2, 2, delight in it, Psalms 1, verses 1 and 2, divide it rightly, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and do it, James chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. The Lord Jesus had admonished us to search the scriptures in John 5, 39. 
The Apostle Paul had proclaimed that the believers at Berea to be more noble in that they searched the scriptures daily in Acts 17, uh, verse 11. The second thing we must do to be prepared is to shun the wicked. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. That is, to be separated unto Jesus Christ and the Word and from the world. I believe that we can see three levels of separation in the Bible. Presented in the order in which they occur in the Bible, they are, number one, doctrinal separation, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Number two, positional separation, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. And number three, behavioral separation, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, and 14 and 15. We must be separated as well as saved. The third thing that we need to do is submission. We must submit ourselves to the great commander-in-chief, the captain of our souls. Do these three things, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you will be prepared for the battle as you hear the trumpet make a certain and sure sound. But preparation only is not the battle. The battle itself will be, even for the prepared, painstaking, perilous, full of perplexities and problems, and will produce persecution. But we, dear saved ones, have promises, precious promises from our God who cannot lie, Titus 1-2. Listen to them. Quote, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, John 16.33. But thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15.57. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, 37. Upon this rock, Jesus, will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of of the world, Matthew 28, 20. Having these promises, let us put on the whole armor of God, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and get into the battle, especially when it concerns the souls of men. Evangelism is the priority. The ultimate victory is ours through Jesus Christ and will culminate in the blessed hope that appearing of Jesus Christ in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church in the air and the second coming to the earth to set up his glorious millennial kingdom after the tribulation. In the battle, we may at times falter. We may fall. We may fail. But dear reader, we must get right through confession. 
get up through commitment and get on with the battle continuance. We must together sound the trumpet, hear the trumpet, and heed the call of the trumpet, for on one glorious day, we will hear the trumpet call of victory. Dear Raider, may we all be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. With love in Christ Jesus, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the reading of The Judas Epidemic, Exposing the Betrayal of the Christian Faith in Church and Government. If you've enjoyed the reading of this book, please visit our website at thechristiandergroundnewsnet.godaddysites.com. Leave us a word of encouragement, share with us your own personal testimony, and if you've been saved as a result of hearing uh, what was written in this book, um, we would love to hear your testimony and to be share and to share in your joy. Your joy will also be ours. May God bless you and keep you as you continue through the course of this day and beyond. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, and you will be saved. God bless you, and thank you for listening. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until tomorrow. See you soon.